It is not an Angels hat. It is an active sportswear hat. I just like the logo and the design, but I really wanted like a crimson hat. And I didn't want to get WSU and the Broncos are garbage and have no swag or merch. So I got it. Active sportswear. Uh, I don't even know if they're still in business post-COVID. So this could be a limited edition hat. Angels probably came at them from copyright infringement on that hat. It looks like an Angels hat. And that's probably a good... Yeah. I mean, you could draw one on there pretty easily. Get a a highlighter and you're good to go. Oh, well. (laughs) Are we done with the banter where I just make fun of your attire? No. That's how we kick off the show before we uh, really get into the content here. Uh, you have a daughter who's, I believe, is one and a half, two? Nearly two. She'll be two uh, September 28th. You're going to take her to go see Barbie? Oh, I've made the executive decision she will not see Barbie. <laughs> no. No, no. Uh, should I? Is that I, I only have a dog. I'm not like I, I've, good for I haven't really thought. I know it's been sold out all around town. I was walking around Ballard and people were waiting in line to go see Barbie. I don't believe I'll take one. She's only interested in Mickey Mouse and or Bluey. Two. Mouse. 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 Who's that? Yeah. That's that's my daughter. Mouse. Mickey. Two. I don't want to splurge for a big old Barbie Humvee driving around the, you know, the neighborhood. So I'll opt out. I'll I'll opt out. I won't show up for for Barbie training camp. I'm 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 holding out on the Barbie. Now are you and Char gonna see Oppenheimer? Ooh. I can't picture him in anything other than Peaky Blinders, but I'll make a run at it probably when it comes out, you know, out of out of theaters where I'm not paying 20 bucks to watch it at home. I'll see it. So last week Oppenheimer came out. He led a team of scientists, World War II. They developed an atomic bomb, which we used. And now we do not advocate violence on this podcast. But which Major League Baseball team should blow up their team? Because it is the trade deadline next Tuesday, Big Ben. I'm K-Win. He's Big Ben. Welcome to a baseball slash NFL running back slash Harvard Westlake. I'll get into that a little later. Slash flyover state edition of big ben and k win on no we got a lot to get into we do where do you want to start uh let's start with the the burning um trade deadline approaching some some deals have already been made that indicate some teams are buying others are selling and the reason i i called out your angels hat let's start there i think they know what they have on otani they know who the patrons or fans are coming to see and the owner's pushing all his chips in, which he should do. And he went out and acquired two pitchers who, when pitching well, have looked good. And he believes that the Mariners are soft, which they are. And potentially, you can catch the Astros in the wild card race. So, is it the right thing to do? I don't know. I think it's the necessary thing to do. You might as well I, ride it out, see if you can make the playoffs. You haven't made the playoffs with the Angels in the last nine years. And you know what? It gives you, what, three and a half more months to see the guy every day, to convince him 
the state out in Orange County, Newport, great weather, Mike Trout's getting back. We're going to continue to build around it. I think they had to do it. You know what you have in Otani. You don't know what you're getting in return necessarily. Yeah, you're getting prospects, but people aren't coming to, you know, that doesn't show the fan anything from, from day one. It's like, hey, don't worry. These guys will be up in three or four years. No, we Yankees fans still know the name Jay Buhner because they blew that trade and gave the Mariners Jay Buhner. I mean, Otani would live in infamy with Angels fans if they were watching him hit home runs for any other team. And for that reason, and probably that reason only, the owner felt hamstrung. Or I guess a little bit of an arm behind his back, like, this is the only thing I can do. If I do anything else, Mike Trout leaves. Yeah. That's the other part of it, too. So financially, probably we'll see if it's the best move. But I, financially, it was the only move. I think in my opinion. Well, I think you have to understand your strengths and weaknesses. The only farm league player the Angels have developed or traded and developed is Mike Trout. Like everyone else they've traded for or signed hasn't worked out. So there's no guarantee if you trade Otani and you get young talent that your front office knows how to evaluate talent. So you might as well write it out. They are four and a half games out, I believe, as, as of today. There are five teams in front of them, four of them from the AL East. The Rays, Yankees, Blue Jays, and Red Sox, and the Astros are in front of them. But with that being said, you did say a couple weeks ago, in the later half of the season, in September, the division rivals will play, so there is a small chance that they're going to beat up on each other, and if the Angels can keep winning, and add more pieces, they might be able to sneak into the wild card. Yeah, if the Angels win at this clip, like it's it, this becomes a strategic last two months of the season for anyone in the mix. You understand where you want spot starts. You understand what lineups or who you need to go acquire for different pitchers, different teams. And if it's just Angels, your management's looking at the Astros and just going, we have to beat these guys. We play them eight times. We got to probably beat them six. We're going to be in the playoffs. Anything less, we're not. So that's what you're playing towards. Just got to win at the clip you've been winning at and simply beat the two, the teams in front of you. The AL East will fall off a little bit. Um, you'd have to take a straw poll to ask anyone who's going to make it out of those. I don't see three teams or excuse me, two. Yeah, three teams with the expanded. Or there'd be two teams. It, I mean, it could be my Orioles winning the AL East, as I called it two weeks ago. It could be the Rays and then either... I don't Blue know. Jays Take your Yankees. pick. Blue Jays, Red Sox, or Yankees. Yeah. The Red Sox are hot. I, I think they're like, have the best record in baseball over the last two and a half weeks. Yeah. So even as I look at the standings even more, it's the Angels have to beat the Astros. If, if it's eight games, they have to win six. If it's 12 games, they got to win nine. And that's all you got to do because the, the rest will be sorted out in front of you. And they can get there. You know, there's no Correa on the team anymore for the Astros. They're having not a down down year, but by their standards, a down year. So, why they're not cheating enough? That's probably it. They come back about five to six wins when they are <laughs> cheating. What is their war with the cameras versus what is their <laughs> war without the cameras? If they're working with broadband Wi-Fi versus high speed. Like, you know, that even implicates a couple wins right there. They're not getting signals into the batter quick enough. Uh, dog days are coming up. 
And the trading line is always telling, or the trading deadline is always telling. Um, Mariners acquired a lefty reliever, middle reliever. That doesn't tell you much. I think we're going to try to win with what we have. Um, we got a lot of talent um, in Double A, uh, not so much in Triple A, obviously. But I think it's, I think the Angels, if they get the horses, have a chance of getting into the playoffs. Which, if Mike Trout comes back, that's what his second time in the playoffs in his entire career with the organization. Huge for Angels fans. Last time the Angels were in the playoffs, they got swept by your Kansas City Royals. Yep. Um, any other teams? Any other trade? That, people are talking about the pods. Are you buying or selling if you're the Padres? You've already bought, so you got to continue buying. <laughs> <laughs> like, you haven't compiled a team from your farm system. You even went out there and bought. So either you keep buying or you stay stagnant with who you think you can get there with. And I don't think it's going to get there this year. There's, there's too much ground to make up. So you, you got to go find out where your holes are and make some quick decisions on who you're going to upset. And it's probably going to, you know, you're going to upset the apple cart a little bit. You're going to have to platoon some people that maybe aren't producing, but it is what it is. Yeah, they've lost some tough games. They started off the season not great. They weren't getting timely hits. They weren't getting the runs. Soho slumped a little. Machado slumped a little. They've come to alive. They've come alive in the last couple of weeks, but I think there's too much ground, and they're not going to trade Soto, even though I said that a couple of weeks ago. I think they just got to steady the ship and make some moves this offseason. Maybe go after Atani. Who knows? Let's just let's talk about the next two months here because they are the most the most mundane months, but yet the most strategic and exciting months in baseball. Uh, the the pods are only what are we six and a half out the wild card? You know the Diamondbacks in front of them, Giants in front of them, same kind of thing. You go out and beat those teams regularly down the stretch, might find yourself in the playoffs. Uh, so we're gonna get. Two West Coast teams to the playoffs, and they're all going to be in the National League. <laughs> I think it's going to be the Dodgers and the Giants, hopefully, or the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. The AL, we don't claim the Astros because they're a bunch of cheaters. The Mariners, too much ground to cover. And the Angels, as much as I want them to go, I don't see them jump in the AL East. I think more I think about this, this is like, this is, this is where Otani says, okay, keep me around We're I'm going to will you to the playoffs somehow, some way, you know, I don't know what, what that happens. And then you look at it, I think as a game momentum too, Trout's not going to miraculously come back sooner than he would, but I think there's, he'll come back ready to play. Whereas, you know, if you're not in it and Trout comes back, he might not even come back this season. That was the case. So we'll see. I do want to talk about your Orioles, though. Yeah. You're going to apologize to me in Oriole Nation and nope. Grover and Crab no. aficionados all across the world? I have been to a Baltimore Orioles game, and apparently I had a beer from the most well-known, world-renowned beer vendor there. Um, Camden Yards is an amazing place to play, and they have played above – they've punched above their weight all season. 
to this point. Here's what they have coming. Well, maybe in front they're of them. just that good. I don't know if they. Uh, they're first place as of today. It's like if the A's were in first place, you'd be like, "How is them?" Listen, you can't compare the A's to the Orioles. Uh, they're not far My apart. Orioles are coming. Jackson okay, here's, Holiday, best here's, prospect in baseball. They got six here, of the top 100 prospects. They got all-star catcher Adley Russell. They got Gunder Henderson. Don't make me go on. Okay, hold on. Here's here's what they have coming in front of them. Vital stretch here. Okay. They got the Yankees at home, but then they go to Toronto for a four-game set. Then they go. Perfect. Then, that's that's then they, six out of eight wins right there. Then they have – that's only seven games, so that can't be true. Uh, then they have New York, the Mets at home. So you got garbage. I, I'm saying they'll take two or three there, but here's where it comes in. They have a stretch where Houston comes to town, and then they go on a West Coast swing. They got Seattle, San Diego, and Oakland. Not the most formidable, but God, that's a three hour difference. And that could get sneaky. Even the A's pesky on you. And then you come back home. White Sox, but back to the back when you go Arizona, uh, Arizona, Anaheim, and then at Boston. So they're all over the place. They're coast to coast. I just what don't see I just it. heard is they'll probably up three to four games at, by the end of August in the AL East. I doubt it. Here's the bet I'll make with you. If they are still in first place after they play the A's on Sunday, October or August 20th, I will buy me an Orioles hat. Okay, I'll buy you a nose hat. Deal. Okay. What date was that? August what? August 20th. If they're in first place. So I'll, let's clarify I'll first place in the AL East or first place in the wild card. First place, no, first place hey, in the hey, AL East. Hey. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. First place what in if, the AL East. What if they're tied for first? Is it a draw? It's a draw. No, no blood. Okay. Okay. I'm putting it in my phone, Orioles. Done. Easy money. Done. All right. Anything else on the MLB? Yeah. I want to talk about how the flyover states could make or break this trade deadline, which is rapidly approaching on Tuesday. I'm in Southern California. You're up in the Pacific Northwest. We're on the West Coast. We don't do those flyover states. I mean, you do for Thanksgiving because your wife is from Topeka. But normally, you don't do those flyover states. And the flyover states, that is the NL Central and the AL Central. And that is hot garbage. Everyone except my Reds, hot garbage. Cubs, White Sox. Brewers, Indians, garbage, 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 garbage. But they could come down and make the difference. The Cubs have Cody Bellinger, Arizona product, played for the Dodgers. He signed a one-year deal. He could be on the move. Some say the Yankees might want him. Stroman, pitcher on the Cubs. The Angels already got Lucas Giolita, Lance Lynn. It's all going to come down to the AL and NL Central because those teams are god-awful. They got get got rid of talent. They got to get rid of their talent. And I think teams like the Orioles, who need some pitching, the Rays, who need some pitching, might have to fly in 
their scouts into those states and figure out how to make a trade before Tuesday. Mm. Is that what it's like every year? <laughs> I, no, mean... I mean, usually, you know, the Indians have been competitive with Francona. The Twins, despite playing in a smaller market, you know, they've always been in the hunt. The Cubs have just been down since they blew it up, got rid of Rizzo, uh, Brian, Baez. I think they won the World Series, more or less. But but here's what I mean when I when I ask, like, the Cardinals are... Cardinals are usually good. There's another one, Goldschmidt and Nolan but, Arenado. But here's, here's what I'm my take. Nolan Arenado and Jack Flaherty from the St. Louis Cardinals are going to get traded to the Dodgers. Big blockbuster deal. Ooh, okay. And here's why I say okay. Is, is This is what happens all the time. You get big market teams robbing from the little market teams right around the trade line. Like, hey, you stink. Here, let me give us your good players. I'll give you all these you know, inexpensive, pretty decent minor league prospects. And they're fine to do that, right? They can, That's what they do, develop talent. If they don't, they're horrible still. Uh, Cody Bellinger is moving. He's got a one-year deal. He's not going to re-sign with the Cubs. So, like, if you're the Cubs, you should trade him. and You should get some prospects. Agreed. And I agree with your sentiments. It's just who's going to pay the most, who's willing to pay most, push them over the edge. And and I think you're right. The NL West has the most collective money in its its division by far. Um, and so it's going to, outside of maybe the Diamondbacks, I'd consider them as, as still. A, but the Giants and Dodgers can be big players. Pods, we've seen it. And I mean, the, some of those teams are going to need top-end talent to, to win the division. Last week, San Francisco Bay Area Radio, the Giants were getting Otani and Justin Verlander. Now that Otani's off the market, the Giants might be getting Justin Verlander and Kate Upton. <laughs> All the Bay Area optimism. Like, yeah. you know, you could sign a seventh round pick in the NFL draft and he's going to catch 30, you know, 30 touchdowns and, you know, at 750 yards receiving. It's it's interesting. It is. So one more thing on baseball, and we'll get into some football. So the Angels acquired Luca Lucas Giolita. He's from California, coming home. And so I was like, looking him up, see what I could say about him. And here's my fast fact. Lucas Giolita, Jack Flaherty, who's on the Cardinals, and Max Freed, from the Atlanta Braves, all played on the same high school team in LA, Harvard Westlake. Max Reed was a senior, Lucas Giolito was a senior, and Jack Flaherty was a sophomore. Could you imagine going Did up they lose a game? that team? So they didn't even win at all their senior year. Um, surprisingly, they didn't win at all, but when Jack was a senior, they won it all. Interesting. We got to get those three on the podcast. That's where I'm going with L.A. Bay Area guys. We're going to get them on the podcast. Especially now that Lucas is, yeah, he's here in Anaheim. Jack will be in Los Angeles. I might pop up to Tower 12 and meet him for like a live interview. You should. I would love to make sure you keep that hat and shirt combo on too. I will. Bleeding 
escalating uh, confidence. So my question okay. is, is that 2012 Harvard-Westlake school better than Mount Vernon, Kyle Kendrick, Travis Storr, and Ben I, Martin baseball team? Who would you take? That Westlake school. But listen, it's all about competition. Like who you had around you, right? We're playing kids from Cedar Woolley and, you know, we're not playing kids from De La Salle or whoever's in that conference where it's all private, you know, recruiting more or less, you know, we're just kids who live in the school area. We're not kids who are, you know, getting recruited to go play at a another school like these guys are. I got Seattle. You got money Seattle? Money earned in Mount Vernon. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> all right, football. I had a breakthrough. Uh, let's hear it. So let's bring everyone up to speed. So Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris, as well as a collect, as well as Saquon Barkley, and a collective running back forum came together to talk about pay in the position, how meager it is, and how they feel like they're being slighted in negotiations. Which, after some research, I completely agree with, and I think I have a solution. You're you're a uh, you're a service provider guy, so you, you understand like pay per gig, pay for what you use. Yeah. Right? You understand that. Okay. So me and the intern um, did some mining over some data. Okay. And here, here's, here's what I'm going to bring you to. So if we could all agree in a consensus. Well, I got to hear your argument first. For, oh, my argument is that running backs are severely underpaid. And here's some data, just one data point to start the discussion. Josh Jacobs, I believe was second in the league in total yardage to Christian McCaffrey. Okay. So he had 250 or 2,053 total yards, 1,653 rushing, 400 receiving. He was getting paid $10 million for the season. Wait, wait, that's what they franchised him at this year? I believe that's what he was getting paid last year, 10, okay. 10, 10 million. Do you know what that amounts to per yard, what they paid him? I'll just tell you. Good at math. It, it's roughly, roughly $4,900 per yard, okay? Let me go look at some wide receivers. And I think this is where the big ax is being grinded for these running backs. Let's go look at two receivers of equal pay. These two receivers got paid exactly the same amount as Josh Jacobs, who was probably one of the top three most valuable players in the NFL last year, or fourth or fifth, somewhere in there. When I mentioned when I mentioned when I mentioned these names, okay, so this receiver is Marquez Valdez Scantling. Who? Exactly. The third I don't even receiver. Know what Wait, for the Packers? No, he was playing for the Chiefs last year, predominantly. So he racked up a whopping 687 yards. Josh Jacobs, again, getting paid 4,900 yards. Marquez Valdez-Scanling getting paid $14,000 a yard. That's three times the amount Josh Jacobs is getting paid. Tyler Boyd, same thing, 762 yards, getting paid $10 million a year. He's the third receiver in Cincinnati. Behind. Exactly. 
Exact. That is my exact point. Jeez. He's getting paid 13000 a yard. I bring you to the service provider thing, concept. Pay these guys for what they what the output is. So here's my idea. You come up with a common, and, and if I'm looking at that, I'm going, okay, there's got to be like some common, common line. And I look at it and I go, okay, let's talk about yards and then yards after contact. Those are two things that both wide receivers and and uh, running backs carry. So why don't we look at paying each the same amount per yard, either receiving, don't pay him for catches because if you catch it, you know, if you don't catch it, you don't get any yards, right? Effectively, a set amount per per yard and then kind of a bonus for any yards after contact. The idea there is that your your service provider, your team, if you're if you have more yards after contact, any Joe Schmo could probably catch a pass from Joe Burrow. But if you can catch a pass, create separation, and go for a touchdown, you should get paid more. Um, so that's the idea. And now, if you look at what Saquon signed for, ten million a year. I mean, with incentives. With incentives. Um, but again, those incentives. So let me compare this again. Last last few data points here. Tyreek Hill getting paid 30 mil a season. 30 mil? 30 mil a season. 30 mil a season. So you produce 1,710 yards. Some would say Tyreek's probably the best yards after catch guy. Like he's the guy that's eating the separation yard, the, the most yards after catch. And then you got... So that's 17,500 a yard. Would you pay that? If you're an owner, would you pay someone $17,000, 17,500 per yard they get? Yeah, I would. Yeah, if you're if it's Tyreek Hill, right? Yeah. That makes sense. You wouldn't pay my Marquise Valdez Scantling that amount. Exactly. So the problem is I agree with everything you said. You're saying the problem is that the NFL has transitioned from a running league to a passing league, where it used to be a feature back. We're going to pay them. We're going to grind it out. We're going to throw a little bit. Now it's like they, these quarterbacks are throwing forty or fifty times, and they devalue running backs. They don't even really, you know, they think like, oh, I can just draft the rookie or swap them in and out, which is unfair because you've got Saquon and Jacobs who put up these monster numbers and they should get paid like close to CMC or Derrick Henry because they're in like the 16 or 17 million over several years. These running backs can't even get a one-year deal. Exactly. Well, you, I think you're looking at it the wrong way too. And this is would be my, if I'm arguing on behalf of the running back, I'm insurance for your quarterback. Because yeah. if you have a horrible running back that can't get a lick for a yard, those guys are going to tee off in your quarterback. You have no concept. If if you try to play, you know, play action, they're not going to go for the run. They're just going to tee off on your on your on your quarterback, and he's done, right? So I'm insurance for your quarterback, and that's what I believe all these running backs are saying. And then you got guys like Austin Eckler, you know, um, that do so much outside of just run the ball. They're a pass catching threat as well. You know, I forget who one of this who who came out and said that they wanted to get paid like a wide receiver. Now, I think it was Kelsey, which he almost did because wide receivers are getting paid so much more than for doing honestly less 
than any of these top two running backs. If I had to argue for the running backs, I would say they're more valuable now than before. Because yeah. to your point, they're running, but they also, the quarterback, when they check down, they got to have a running back who can catch the ball. And they're doing more, so they should get paid more. Absolutely. The good, I mean, there's there's some that are like, we're not going to pay Mike Allstott. He's a goal back. Like, he knows who but he there's is. there's no Just, Mike Allstotts anymore. Right. But what there is is good good running backs that produce good teams. So like it's rare that you're going to see a good team with a garbage running back. The 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 Chiefs ran or relied on Pacheco quite a bit down the stretch just to tilt the rock so that they weren't teeing off on the homes because he was hurt. That's the the service he provided, and he did okay at it. Same with Jarek McKinnon, just slide out of the backfield so he's not having to spend four seconds trying to throw the ball downfield. And then you look at the Eagles too. I mean, they had Miles Sanders, they had Keith Gainwell. So it's to me, it's unfathomable the the discrepancy and difference in just what you're getting paid if I'm a running back for the same delivery output that these wide receivers are doing. It's ridiculous. I mean, if imagine if you're a running back and they're paying you after each play and you come out and they're like, hey, here you go, Josh, here's your 10 bucks. And then some guy gets a reception for that same amount of yards, and the guy that came out, and they're like, "All right, here's 300." You'd be like, "What? What's going on?" And that's effectively what's happening. It's collusion. It's these owners that don't want to pay running backs, and I know they'll never admit it, but they're like, "Hey, if I don't give Saquon a long-term deal, then you don't have to give Josh Davis a long-term deal, and you don't have to give Tony Pollard a long-term deal. We're gonna cut Dalvin Cook." And we're going to lower the market for what we have to pay these running backs. And it's BS. Well, could, well to your point, though, too, it gives it, it, it also, they, they're like, would I rather have Dalvin Cook or would I rather have a, a really good third receiver, slot receiver? And some of that doesn't, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I think the wide receiver position is diluted at this point. Um, and, you know, you got running backs out there, not starving, but, you know, they know what it is. They're willing to sit out a, a year so that they don't put the grind on their body for peanuts, you know. And that then didn't when, work for Le'Veon Bell. I, and I think that's why Barkley quickly changed his tune and signed. Like Le'Veon yeah. sat out, played for the Jets, was god-awful, and then the Chiefs picked him up. I don't even think the Chiefs played him. I'm going to give you the, 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 what I found the most, uh, let's see, efficient player, I guess, in the entire league last year in terms of pay and output. Brock Purdy. Nope. Armande Stevenson. Really? Playing. He's only getting paid just over a mil, produced over a thousand yards. Where is he on your fantasy football draft board? Nobody I don't knows. know. He's he's kind of up there now. I'm hoping no one knows. I'm going to get him for cheap. But the, the biggest, and I'll give you one, two guesses on the player that, that was the biggest hoax in terms of doing nothing but getting paid a premium. Russell Wilson. No. We're talking oh, about the man, wide receiver or running wide receiver or running back position. Um, let me just go through. He played in LA. Did he get hurt? Kind of. Yeah. Uh, Chargers or Rams? Rams. 
Is it Cup? Because he got hurt? No. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Allen Robinson. Yes. The guy's continuously hurt. He produced 339 yards last year, but yet got signed for $15.5 million by the Steelers. Can you imagine that? You're a running back, and you toe to the rock for 500 and throws 15.5. That's To me, that's the equivalent. I mean that it's it's, gosh, just uh, just to be six foot five and a big target in the red zone and a wide receiver these days will get you paid a lot of money. And I don't think the running back problem is going away. Like Saquon, he's probably going to get franchise next year, and we'll see what happens to Josh Jacobs. He left camp. Will he come back? I don't know. Tony Pollard, like, accepted an offer. He's playing. You know, you know what ends up start happening is uh, Josh Jacobs begrudgingly takes the franchise tag of say ten million, and then all of a sudden miss misses twelve blocks, and Jimmy Garoppolo's both his legs are done. Like that's like wow. it's not vindication, but it's the truth. You know, yeah. um, or there's a oh, there's a full scale picket and strike by all running backs. Which if I was in that group. Outside of McCaffrey, he was making like 17, um, probably on that. And then Derrick Henry's making right on 15 mil. Outside Aaron of those. Jones is around, Aaron Jones is around 12. But yeah. then those those guys got long-term deals at the right time. Timing is everything. That's when the running yeah. backs are valued. No, I would be striking. I would have a full-scale picket out in front of whoever the – whenever the owners are meeting. And literally walk in and say, find some way in the collective bargaining agreement for a minimum salary for a, there's a minute, like a 10 year running back, you know, four years, whatever it is. And then anyone that's produced over a thousand yards, like there has to be some, some way we can get these guys paid. It should be like a sliding scale. Like this is your tenure. This is how many yards you produced last year. It's like arbitration for baseball, except you got to give them that salary over like one year, two years, three years, or four years. Yeah, make it a four-year mark. Your force. How long are you on a rookie deal? Four years. Sounds about right. I think there should that's be every opportunity. That's why we haven't started paying you yet on our podcast. <laughs> Get you off that rookie deal. I'm producing a lot of likes, a lot of downloads. I don't know where where my money's at. I just found it fascinating to look at, at exactly how little running backs are paid for what they do in comparison to wide receivers. In comparison to third-string wide receivers. Yes. Tyler Boyd's getting paid as much as Josh Jacobs. Who would you – you went to every owner say, who would you rather have at that price? You'd get every owner saying Josh Jacobs. Yeah. But yet we can't give him a cent more. And if Tyler Boyd catches three touchdowns next year, he'll probably get re-upped at like 15 mil. I think it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, okay. I might write a dissertation on that. You should. Change the way that that uh, NFL players are paid. Just at running back. Skill position. Running backs and wide receivers. I'm, if I'm an owner, I don't want... Joe Schmo, who's sitting on the sideline, we have a slot receiver and he's making 10 mil, just goes out for four plays a game, gets targeted twice, and he takes home a paycheck of a million bucks. No, I don't want that either. Yeah. 
Do some work, Alan Robinson. <laughs> All right, end of rant. Great rant, great stuff. You want to talk about anything else? Um, did we touch on my Mariners? Yeah, fine. Taylor Swift didn't go. Ooh, you should have. I'm trying to go. I invited every single one of my customers for every single night, just in case I can get an extra ticket. <laughs> Seventy-two. I'll get, you, I'll get you. Oh, is that a Taylor Swift friendship bracelet? This is not. These are just some low keys. The seventy-two thousand five hundred people at Lumen Field baked in with a Mariners game that day. Wow! Could you imagine that straight M's game T Swizzle? That'd be a really good day. Be a great doubleheader. <laughs> All right, let's no. wrap this up. I'm getting hungry. Good. All right, Big Ben and Kwin. You can find us uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, no Twitter. Been... We're on Threads. Oh God. Okay. Instagram and TikTok at Big Ben Kwin underscore. Everywhere you get your podcast: Spotify, Apple, Pandora, iHeart, Anchor. We're everywhere. I'm Kwin. He's Big Ben. <laughs> Boom. Go Angels. Go Josh Jacobs. <laughs>